And we are back on the air with the fantastic Jason Spieth for our weekly live chat. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? Excellent. And how are you doing on this uh, festive uh, Friday, this fantastic Friday? Oh, just peachy keen, jelly bean. It's a beautiful day. It's super sunshiny out. Again, I don't see any clouds in the sky from where I'm sitting. Understand you guys got a little bit of a storm activity. I feel so isolated here in my little world because, you know, I got rid of my television back in 2007. So I, I don't pay attention much to the outside world, you know. Yeah, there was a there was quite a storm last night. Uh, I was lucky enough; it wasn't super bad near my house. But Elsie tells me that, uh, that it was coming down in sheets. Uh, the the rain, a little bit of hail in in Belfouche. I had seen that there was a tornado that potentially touched down near Leed again. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I'll have to look into that more. But yeah, it was it was quite a quite an evening last night. Well, you know, in the world of the energy, it was quite a week. In Wyoming, I don't know if you saw the news headlines, but uh, they laid the last rig down this week, so there's now zero rigs operating in the state of Wyoming, and that's a very significant uh, milestone. It's the second time in 136 years is what I believe it is. Yep, second time in 136 years. Um yeah, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of studies and, and that sort of thing, and they equate, I think, 100 jobs to each rig. And, you know, I, I get where they're coming from, but I think it's a little bit more than that. There's a supply chain involved. There's, you know, cafes and convenience stores, and there's just there's uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg when you're talking about the supply chain that comes along with the upstream, the downstream, the midstream, and that's why I always joke salmon stream because there's there's such a whole different marketplace and economy from the oil and gas upstream, downstream, midstream that it's its own economy. And so when I see that the oil rigs fall to zero in a state, man, that just it really it really concerns me for a couple couple reasons. One is that the, the momentum and the movement to go away from fossil fuels is really uh, ramping up. And, you know, was, we were kind of joking uh, last week, a few of us, that in October, November, December last year, our, our marketing kits, our media kits were on the, on the cover page. It said, ready for anything, 2020. And we did it because of the environmental movement, the 16-year-old girl, the use of children in protests, and just, you you know, we've talked about it, and you remember back last year we were talking about these different things, and um, even more so, I made a prediction many times last year that if the climate change uh, movement continues, you'll see, I don't know, 8 to 12 companies that are going to control 80 to 90 percent of the oil and gas market globally. Saudi Arabia yeah. being a, co- a country, a, a company, and China being a company, that sort of thing, where you've got countries essentially acting as companies, same kind of concept. But basically you have 8 to 12 entities that essentially are going to control the, the 90% of the oil and gas market. I think we're going to get there because of the coronavirus and the climate change working together. Um, so you know, going back, ready for anything... I would have never guessed that Wyoming would have 
went down to zero rigs. And that's significant for a lot of reasons. I mentioned the job side of things. But look at the leadership side of things. So whether you want to look at the politics of climate change or not, you need to look at the economics of the state. So now you're talking about schools and you're talking about um, municipalities and nonprofits and, and these types of organizations that are not only not going to receive charitable donations from the oil and gas companies because they're not around there, but the state's not going to have any of that money now to fund these programs. So it's going to fall back on the people. There's already a big group of people extremely nervous about opening their property tax bills next year coming off of this uh, CARES Act. You can't pump trillions of dollars into the economy without getting it back somehow. So there's already that concern. Now you, you, you couple in the Wyoming thing, which concerns me the most about what happened in Wyoming, is this increasing trend of poor leadership. And what I mean by that is this appointed leadership. Take a look in Wyoming. How is it that we didn't hear from anybody, whether it's a petroleum council there or it's a legislator or it's the uh, state you know, oil and gas division, how come nobody over the last month came out and said, you know, I don't want to alarm anybody. I'm not saying we're going to hit zero rigs, but we might hit two. We didn't even hear that. So to have all these leaders come out now and say, oh, here's my reaction to us hitting zero rigs, how is that acceptable? How is that even leadership? Anyone can react. Who is going to lead right now? Who is, I get it when, you know, you sit in a room with a bunch of yes men and you're trying to be proactive. It's a risk. I get that because I've been in those meetings where people talk about being proactive and all these buzzwords, and then you actually try to be proactive and no one will be that. And you know, humans are interesting because we resist change, and that's why when change comes, it happens so fast. And by the time change happens, people are like, whoa, what happened? Well, it's the new normal. Move on. So it's, it's interesting times right now, and that's my concern in Wyoming, is that how is it there wasn't anybody before the rig count hit zero that came out and said the rig count could hit zero? There are communities that invested Major projects because of oil and gas. There are businesses that took out loans because of oil and gas. And there are many people that get paid a lot of money to protect the interests of oil and gas that just sat around and did nothing and now are commenting, oh, well, look at this number and look at this statistic and, oh, boy, we hit zero. Yeah, I know. I read that too. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. So anyway, uh, how, so I don't know if you got any comments on that. I mean, there's a lot there from, you know, the different supply chains to the leadership side. But, I, you, know, you know me, it's Friday. You know, this is, to me right now, it's like 5 o'clock. I've been up since 3, 3 a.m., so, yeah. That's funny. No, I, uh, I just can't help but think about how many, I, I shudder to think about how much worse it could possibly get for so many, because, these, these, the 
the issues that you're describing aren't even the things that first come to mind with potential issues for, for you know, in the coming months with business owners, with companies, nonprofit organizations, with individuals in general, with, with the way that things are changing and kind of going. And so it's, it's oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot here. Yeah. There's just, there's so much here. And that's why it baffles me that there was nobody that was out in front of this. And anybody who tried to be out in front of this basically got criticized by the leaders that are now reacting to this. That's that. that I, I don't understand that. But that's the world that we live in, where a lot of people that are in positions of appointed leadership are not leaders. They're regurgitators. They react. And, and they're being exposed right now. A lot of them are being exposed right now because they're not, they're not being proactive. They're not staying ahead of the curve. In Fargo, our mayor just came out yesterday. Now he's being investigated by the criminal bureau of whatever because he was publicly stating one of the police chief's applications or something like that. Point is that these guys are so knee-deep in, in, into the forest and swamp, they don't even know when they're doing anything wrong. It's like when that guy from Chicago, is it Boiglovich or Baglovich or Julie Vonovich, I forget his name, but he was, he was trying to sell Obama's seat. I mean, everybody knows that's what happens, but nobody does it. <laughs> I mean, you can't actually do it. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's, it's uh, you know what I mean? It's just when you're in the culture and you don't even recognize the difference between right and wrong anymore. And it just baffles me that we're in such a place where people who do the right thing have such an uphill battle logistically, linguistically, and geography even now because so many different organizations are becoming centralized. And so it's, it's, it's a different, you know, there's the shift. It's the shift that's happening. Take a look at the PPP loan. That, that, that's one of the most magnificent sleight of hands I've ever seen in my life. Okay, just magnificent. So... You have this. Now they're trying to rush the forgiveness side of it. And you know what? Probably 70% of the people are legit. You know, really, 70% of the people that got the loans are probably legit. But there's a lot of people that are not. And the people that got under $150,000, or yeah, I think it was under $150,000. Like I said, about, I don't know the numbers, so, you know, prove me wrong, government, prove me wrong. But from the my anecdotal people I've talked to and the news stories I've read and even the little bit of research I've done, there's a number of abuse by millionaires that own Airbnbs and have a construction company. So they got a couple, couple different LLCs underneath um, management. You know, you, take, you own a hotel and you got a management company and sometimes even a, a billing company. So just because you have one company doesn't mean you don't have two or three. And so those are the, co those are the companies that are going to get fast-tracked too. So there are, you know, the, the, the fast-tracking of the forgiveness and all this, I get it that at the core it's going to help the majority of the people, but it is going to also fast-track some of the corruption that, that, that's there as well. And um, so there's just another example of just this, this constant fill people full of noise, and then try to rush things through. It's not always the best interest. It's not always in the best interest of where we're trying to go with things. So, um, 
Anyway, I'm kind of doing a little bit of that existentialism this morning, I guess. <laughs> I always enjoy listening to you talk, though. It, it, it definitely, I don't know, spurs a lot of thought process. I hope, I hope for others as well as myself. You know? Well, and, and I hope people know I'm trying to help this week because there, there, that's some real problems in, in Wyoming. There's some real problems there. If your rig count goes down to zero, there's some problems there. Now, luckily, Wyoming's got the natural gas, and I think that'll probably, you know, w- w- weather through some of the storms. But when you're talking about, you know, 100 jobs dedicated to a rig, and then those 100 jobs ripple into the community's uh, cafes and the convenience stores and the haircuts and, the, you know, the, the, that sort of thing, that's, that's real, real problems. That's real problems. And then to layer on top of that, your, you know, whatever bill is going to go up because, the, you know, the education, you, you, you don't have $100 million going to your local education because there's no oil and gas being produced. Well, okay, now you got to layer that on top of there. And then, like I said, then you got all the nonprofits and, and everybody else coming at you and little league games needing jerseys, little league teams needing jerseys, that sort of thing. So there, there's a real ripple here. And... Again, I'm not trying to be negative, but then you got to layer in that PPP and the small business and all that other shift going on. And man, I just can't believe that people aren't having discussions like this and they're hung up on on other things. But um, these are, you know, so just be aware. Be be aware of your neighbors. They might need, you know, they might need a hand and they might not have the courage to ask for help because right now it's some very trying times. Absolutely. I talked to a 72-year-old woman who still hasn't gotten her stimulus check yet, her $1,200 stimulus check, and they want to forgive millionaires' loans already. And you got people who haven't even been bailed out in the first, first round yet? That's what I'm talking about. Right. This is... Right. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. And then we've got, like, our in our state, our superintendent, he sent for the schools. I mean, you can't make this up. This is what I going back to the leadership part again, where he sent everybody an email and it was like 47 pages long. If you print it out, I mean, it was like war and peace. My goodness, the thing was long. And basically it just said, what would you do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, so you're asking us to make your leadership decisions for you? Okay. Why don't you get a raise too? Why don't you put, why don't you put another 20 grand at the end of your salary too? I mean, come on. This is, I, I understand it's not going to be an easy decision, but that's why you're there. And uh, to, you know, ask thousands of people, what would they do? That's, anyway, so that's, that's just me being a little bit ornery towards that. But also, be aware, that's what's going on. There's a lot of people who are very afraid to be leaders right now. And it's okay. Sometimes you don't, you know. Sometimes you don't make the right choice, but you, at least you're moving ahead and not backwards. That's the important part is moving ahead and not backwards. So, uh, right. yeah, anyway, but so check it out. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, that, that was all I was going to say was just how to, proceed from, how to proceed from there. Yeah, and we've got some great, by the way, we got some great interviews this week uh, with Pockets of Positivity in the Permian. We've got some examples of things happening in the Bakken. So if you go to thecrudelife.com, you're going to find some interviews with some great individuals and companies that are that are out there. You know, we got a few people that are that are talking about some international. You know, like the 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 reality that you've got Chinese companies and European companies that have been buying up uh, these smaller and mid-sized oil companies for a while, 
And now with people working from home, you're having a shift in culture because you've got people from, uh, from Europe and China now administering mostly these types of uh, policies into, into their lives. So when they're not leaving their homes, they're basically being overseen now by a foreign executive. And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's a culture change. So we talk about that this week as well. Um, again, it says again we're not we're not getting into the politics of that because it's already done. It's happening. And so it's sometimes people get a little caught up on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, because like I said, it doesn't matter. It's done. It's been going on for ten years, and that I know about it, just in the Bakken alone. And the guys down in Texas are talking about it now too, because it's it's becoming right. more. Well, it's becoming more and more prevalent, and um, you know. It's just it's it's here. I mean, it's a rush. It's gonna have stuff. to run, run its course. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just gonna be a little bit of growing pains there. But anyway, but so we have that, and then of course this week we're gonna be uh, airing some more of our our uh, week in review. I'm sorry, a live live recording session from Greeley, Colorado, about uh, regulations gone wild or the new normal. So talk about that a little bit, and uh, that was kind of fun because we had somebody running for the the Colorado House of Representatives, a state house, and she was a Democrat, and she actually joined the panel. We brought her up from the audience, and she joined in. She was great. Yeah. Well, hey, you never know what you're going to get at the crude life, so why not, you know? If you got something to say, we'll, 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 t- we'll listen. Doesn't mean we'll agree, but we'll listen. So. Right. That's fantastic. So well, check it out, folks. You. And for those of you on the Wyoming side, I, uh, I, I, I feel for your... Your pain that uh, that's happening right now with with the last rig being laid down. Hopefully, it won't be too long, and uh, they'll get those back up and running again. Yeah, keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully it'll get back up and running. I hadn't even heard that, so I'm yeah, it, I got some research to do. Yeah, the news story just came out yesterday afternoon, and uh, we we put a request in to several people on the crude life to talk about it, and you know we didn't get anything back and. And I, I kind of read a little bit more and more into it, and it's um, that's when I got a little bit irritated by the leadership because I'm like, okay, how is this surprising people? This should be something that, you know, there's there's people that get paid a lot of money to stay ahead of this stuff, and the same thing happened in the Bakken. Oh, we didn't see this coming. Oh, nobody saw that coming. Well, why are you there then? What's I mean, seriously, why do you have 47 different assistants? And, and a department and all these other things. If you can't even see things like that happen, I mean, if it's the second time in 136 years and you couldn't see one of the tea leaves, that ain't good. That ain't good. I mean, that's, that's a wake-up call, in my opinion. But I'm just, you know, one guy. I'm, I'm just the North Dakota nomad. What do I know? I just travel around the country listening to people. <laughs> Well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this, because you're always so very informative. So thank you, Jason. Well, you are welcome, and hopefully you guys have yourself a wonderful week. I'm trying to figure out a good week to get out to the Black Hills again. I just miss it so much, and and you know that. During the summer, you got to take in as much as you can of that. Winters are gorgeous, too, yeah. but just... I don't know. I could probably I could probably take a nap in the Spearfish Creek and be fine. I mean, it'd freeze to death, but it'd be, oh, just... Love that. My pooch absolutely loves it too. Moochie, she loves the creek there. So we got to get back. But yeah. Well, we'll catch you next week. I know we've gone over our time. I'm trying to 
be vigilant now. So we'll uh, catch you next week, and uh, hopefully you'll check out The Crude Life, a week in review, thecrudelife.com. Sounds great. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Have a good week.